<laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome back, Nate Baranowski. Thank you, Stephen Robles. It is great have, to be back. I have so many questions and follow-up. So many. How was the flight? The flights were great. The flight back, like stated before, no TV, no movies, <laughs> just a lot of podcasts. And that was on the Wow Airlines? That was the on Wow one. Air. But you know what? <laughs> Not too shabby. Really? Not too Dude. shabby. I mean, like, yeah, it was tight. Yes, they charge you for everything. Oh, you want water? You know, five bucks. Mm. Mm. But, as, I mean, like... I wouldn't recommend it for flights over, let's say, seven hours. Oof, but nice. I can entertain myself for six and a half, which was one leg, and three and a half was the other leg. So, mm. yeah, worked out just fine, and I'm back here in the USA. That's right. You didn't end up in the chilly Atlantic, swimming to an island with I a smoke. I did not. Yep, yep. Very good. Well, good. Good to hear it. And... uh you sent me lots of pictures of mayonnaise <laughs> served did. at restaurants. <laughs> I did. The Netherlands is a magical place where your fries just come with artisanal, homemade, in-house mayonnaise. No artisanal ketchup to be found. Mayonnaise. Artisanal. Now, <laughs> now, does it just comes? And is it is this a kind of mayonnaise similar to what you would get out of a Hellman's jar here in the states? Uh, I would say it's better. It may be verging a little bit more on um, a nice aioli. So hmm. Possibly some of them have a little bit more of a, a garlicky uh, notes of garlic. To them. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, similar similar to it. Yes. And then sometimes they had a little, a little green uh, sprinkled on top. I'm guessing some sort of uh, maybe a cut up chive or um, hmm. wish I... An endive? I don't know. I'm just making up stuff. <laughs> You're making up words now, and and it just comes with the fries. You didn't even have to ask no, for it. No, they just you don't they just ask. know that is the default. they know to bring it. Yep. Man, it's great. That's interesting. That's very interesting. And no ketchup. Now you, found. the only ketchup I found on the like available around and about was in the international uh, terminal, and in <laughs> I went to Amsterdam for a day. And there, at a kind of really touristy place, they had both mayonnaise and ketchup on the table. But other than that, mayonnaise only. Wow. So you were in the Netherlands, and any other country, or just Netherlands? Just the Netherlands. I was in two different locations there. I um, see. Arnhem and Den Helder. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, then flew back through Iceland. But Did you get out? unfortunately did not leave the airport my first flight was a little bit delayed and Mm. doing some more research as to the like movements to the nearest town it was like this is a 45 minute bus uh drive to this and i had i had quite a few hours but relying on a bus schedule to get me back i don't trust buses yeah Yeah. it wasn't as great as having like a a train into the city i would have been more comfortable now 
in the few hours you spent at the airport, you probably didn't run into this, but did you see any of the native Icelandic currency? No, I did not. Because I have heard, supposedly it's the kroner or something like that. Okay. And and for some somehow to change money to U.S. dollars, it's dependent on like the mushroom market or something something strange like that. So this feels like a wives' tale. <laughs> I just I heard it on another podcast. I'll be honest. So <laughs> I may I may just be perpetuating a. Perfectly, a much more knowledgeable <laughs> yeah. podcast than ours. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I will do say know I that did. my my lunch came in at like, oh, this will be. I did a little math, and it was like twenty five hundred of whatever the unit was. And, and what was it in U.S. dollars? I think you had to divide by three hundred to get a, a close approximation. I maybe I could be wrong. I think it may be. Yeah, it's based on mushrooms. Has to be. Yeah, the the mushroom quotient was three. Why mushrooms? I don't know. Some, something don't know. about their, their economy. Uh, I will say, and I'll include a link to this, I saw one of the pieces of art you did there. Uh, you were, I believe, walking a tightrope. That uh, is correct. It was. Uh, it looked great. It was a, a well, wonderful chalk drawing on the sidewalk. Yeah, it was very impressive. The people in Den Helder where I did that art were so kind um, and so great and i had i had local shop owners come out and bring me cappuccinos in like glass oh, mugs goodness. outside some people brought me ice cream cones a local coffee shop brought me a frappuccino local library let me use their restroom it was great wow very nice over there i was treated See, if well you, if you were, if you were doing that in say new york city you might just I'd get be arrested <laughs> That's right. That's right. They'd say, um, get off the streets, you vandal. <laughs> exactly. Well, glad you're back. Glad you had a good time. I, uh, while you were gone, uh, there was a trailer for a movie that was uh, released, a uh, upcoming Godzilla movie. Now, were you able to bring yourself to watch that trailer by any chance? Yes. I have. When I got back, I <laughs> caught up on basically all trailers that I missed. So, and a bunch of trailers came out at Comic Con. I don't know. Did the Godzilla right. one as well? Um, oh, it was around then. It was around okay. then. Uh, yes, I saw it. Apparently, a bunch of monsters in this one. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and some somehow uh, an end of the world something or other yeah it's sort of like they called you and said hey steven we're (laughs) wondering how can we make our godzilla movies um more in your wheelhouse (laughs) oh right okay sure yeah you said uh uh, end of the world please um please combine end of the world uh global pandemic uh uh-huh uh natural disasters and big monsters that uh, breathe uh, energy fire into the sky Whatever right. Godzilla is doing in that one scene. Well, I think that is um, just doing a little bit of research. I think that's part of uh, part of the the canon of Godzilla that he has mm. like nuclear. Breath. Oh, the mythology. I see. Yes, it it really well, looks yeah. like it really looks like Pacific Rim three, uh, <laughs> as opposed to a Godzilla movie. So, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we'll probably will not be seeing that in theaters, but. Uh, interested nevertheless <laughs> but you might who knows 
You Especially might. how it compares to now. Did you see the 2014 Godzilla? The I have not one? yet. Uh, you made okay. me watch the '98 one, and you're traumatized. I'm taking, I'm taking a Godzilla break. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Not even Brian Cranston can pull me to the the 2014 <laughs> one. Yeah, well, it's. I, I think it's safe to say it's better than the uh, the Matthew Broderick one, but I, I won't force you. I won't force force you to uh, subject yourself to that. Fantastic. Um, I also saw a trailer for Aquaman. <laughs> yes, uh, I saw that one too. Recently, I was happy to see that he can now talk underwater and doesn't have to create right. an air bubble. Uh, right. And Atlantis does look a lot better than um, mm-hmm. the small shots of underwater scenes we saw in Batman v Superman. Right. right. Uh, I still don't think this will be any good, but... <laughs> when the the trailer started i was i was optimistic i was excited to see what they were going to do with this character and by the time the end of the trailer came i was like i'm I'm not exactly sure what i watched and how much like i saw lots of fighting and action and flying Mm -hmm. through the water which their propulsion system is still boggles my mind how they we've discussed (laughs) this okay fair enough you know why Yeah, yeah 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 and then just massive armies of lord of the rings scale i don't know okay i did there is a moment in the trailer where a guy is riding a giant alligator like a sea that's what you wanted that's exactly what you wanted yeah that yeah that got me a little bit yeah ride (laughs) the fish and (laughs) sea life (laughs) i like it i like it we should jump right to our movie for today let's do this well, this is a record for us. We're already at our movie, folks. I know. It's, it's only been uh, 10 minutes. It's great. Because you have a lot of notes. You're really prepared this time. Uh, I prepared. And uh, the top five, I've been waiting for this top five ever since we began top fives. Well, perfect. And, well, uh, I'll work on so my top I, five while we record this. Word. <laughs> you know, as, as I was, I started doing it and I realized I didn't require any research for this top five. I knew all the movie names right off the top of my head, exactly which place each one belonged, just came naturally. Wow. So I'm I, very excited. While I, while I was doing the research, I thought to myself, I might have only seen five of these. This will be easy. Oh, Nate, Nate, Nate. No, no. All right. Anyway, let's get into we'll get our to movie. We'll get to okay, so we watched the 2017 tw- – let me start that again. We watched the 2017 movie starring Gerard Butler – Geostorm, <laughs> uh, which uh, when Geostorm, I, uh, Geostorm. <laughs> when I went, to, when I went to look it up, fourteen uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, we, this could have been could have been considered in our uh, sub twenty percent top five uh, movies. Oh, it could have. So, and uh, <laughs> again, uh, I, I enjoy sharing my wife's commentary as I begin to watch <laughs> movies. Uh, first of all, I'm pretty sure she fell asleep halfway through it she didn't care to finish it <laughs> but when she saw that it was 14 percent around tomato around tomatoes she said are you sure this isn't a christian movie <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was a pretty bad burn on multiple levels but uh yep. yeah 14 percent yeah 14 percent so uh the premise is again we have an end of the world movie uh in this one the premise is that we have uh developed technology uh, apparently over the course of a single year, because I think the opening narration says in 2019 that we have done this. 
Yes. And so uh, I think in my opinion, we're pretty far from this uh, in reality. But then we found a way to control the weather and dissipate hurricanes and stop tornadoes and monsoons. Uh, never mind how it might affect the, <laughs> the ecological factors of our Earth as a whole, uh, trying to manipulate the atmosphere and weather. But we're uh, able to do it and save lots of lives. Well, I uh, thought... But it was interesting the movie yeah. never touched on did we do anything else because she basically said like listen everything uh, we thought you know as far as poisoning our our world um that all was true and then i thought okay so we're gonna build this uh sky net literally right. a net in the a sky li- liter- literally um and then i thought okay and then now we're going to um you know force recycling or like <laughs> cut down emissions or something um i guess that was yeah. never talked about so th- I th- at times the movie was like listen this is us you know this is a fern gully situation like we're hurting mm-hmm. nature right but right. instead of like making changes we basically just said all right we'll just control the weather ourselves well, yeah, then I think you don't have to make any changes because uh, I guess you can do whatever. And it's, it's okay. never really made clear. You know, there, there's a shot of like a hurricane. I think this is during the opening. And they shoot like a bunch of little uh, Tylenol-looking pills from the satellites in space into the hurricane, and it right. just goes away. <laughs> Seems like in reality it it would take a little longer to dissipate than that. I mean, it. well, they, they watched the core, and they learned that mm, the best uh, way to stop rotation is to mm. blow it up. Wait. Oh, right. True. True. Uh, so anyway, uh, the uh, I'm not a scientist, but uh, it seemed like uh, the reality of this thing working uh, was low. Hey, quick question for you. Is yeah. Gerard Butler a scientist? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> the, I think the, he's... The, the girl at the beginning of this movie who does the voiceover the beginning of every great movie and she Mm -hmm. basically says you know and and someone built uh the dutch boy and they explain what the dutch boy is at the skynet based on the boy with his finger in the dike (laughs) which Uh, was that a real story did you look that up yeah oh no i i knew that story growing up oh really yeah he had he had his finger in there to stop the leak basically plug it up Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, All right. I think maybe the moral of the story is at some point in time he gets like distracted or something. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, like it, a, I, I think it's one of those stories where the village does like completely drown. Something happens. <laughs> is, and, like, is this those is this Dutch an Aesop's fable? Is it like an Aesop fable? It, it might be something like that. Like the uh, the scorpion and the frog, and uh, you know they cross right. the river. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, monkey and the crocodile. Well, that was actually mm-hmm. a book I read, but still. Um, so anyway, this, this wonderful child actress who I thought later in the movie, oh man, poor, this poor girl, you're trying your hardest (laughs) to act. Um, she says at the end, like, and the person who made all of this, who made, who was like the genius behind this was my dad. And I thought to myself, please do not go to Gerard Butler. (laughs) I do not believe Gerard Butler did all of this. Tell me your dad is like um, whatever the other guy, the other British no, guy in wait, this movie. No, wait, now wait a minute. I, I could see Gerard Butler as a, a rough and tumble, a Hans, again, a Han Solo type mm-hmm. that uh, unassuming may not look like a scientist, but is actually uh, quite good at uh, the inventing, maybe. Was Han Solo an inventor? Or did you watch a different Star Wars than me? <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Neo Storm. Uh, 
Jim Sturgis <laughs> is who I was talking about. So Jim, so the note I have, uh, let me just read it uh, verbatim here. Uh, Jim Sturgis as Max is terrible. I find him terrible in this movie. Yeah. yeah I do not think bad. he does a good acting job. Yeah. Uh, what so was I did going not on with his hair? Did you, did you notice something about his hair? I thought to myself, are you wearing like a wig or is your hair just mm. never washed? <laughs> looks like my I'm hair in the morning and I, when you need to shower. Put on some dry right, shampoo. Right, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> wait, that's, that's judging. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a thing such as dry shampoo. Ah, Stephen. Welcome to Dry Shampoo Corner. Uh, dry shampoo is something that my wife taught me about, which is it is sort of like Geostorm in that it wasn't meant to be created because hair wasn't meant to be controlled, but someone, a Gerard Butler, invented this product which you spray on your hair. No water required. It comes what? it looks kind of like a like a hairspray kind of tube. You spray it on your hair. It turns your hair kind of a, a silvery gray as it dries. So you give it like 30 <laughs> seconds. You look like you're 75 years old, which step one is the joy of dry shampoo because I get to look at myself as if as if I wasn't like, going to lose all my hair by the time I was 75. <laughs> and I would be silver fox. I was going to say, it gives you a silver fox look. Yep. And then what you do is you take your hands and then you rub the dry shampoo into your hair and the grease is gone and your hair feels clean um, and non-greasy and you did not have to take a shower. Now, I, I have never seen nor heard of this product, but on the face of it, it sounds like a terrible idea. Um. I, it's I don't I think you meant like, brilliant. What did I you think mean? it's like like hand sanitizer. I find that using hand sanitizer in my mind my hands are dirtier. Cuz I, I washed nothing off. I just rubbed a, a gooey substance into my dirty hand. No, the, the the oils and grime get absorbed into the dry shampoo particles. And then they fall those, out like dandruff when you shake your head when you rub it through. So do, do you have it's a bunch on your like shoulders white stuff? Now. You got a bunch of white stuff like in your head when you, you uh, rub it around? No, probably not. Probably not, to be honest. I don't know where the grime goes, Stephen. All I know <laughs> That's is That's exactly that the problem. The dry shampoo works. I don't believe it. Is your hair greasy in the mornings? Do you have to, do you have to shower in the morning, or c can you go to work uh, and feel Man, well, I mean, great about yourself? I, I put product in my if hair. It's not too personal. So I, mean, <laughs> I put product in my hair, so you naturally you got you know, to wash it out. I mean, do you anyway. shower in the morning or at night? Yes. No, in the morning. Some people shower at night. Monsters. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can do that, and I'm a, I've enjoyed a shower at night, but I don't count that as a shower for the next day. Right. In my opinion. Because in the middle of the night, I'm in my dreams fighting Geostorm, building <laughs> up a lather. I'm just saying, like, if you know, if you do a, a you work outside all day or something, or maybe you were at a, a theme park. You're really nasty, sweaty, whatever. Right. I would take a shower before going to bed because I don't want to get in bed all nasty. Right. You, you and know, you got to protect I, your bed sheets because you're not, <laughs> that's right. you're not changing you them change, that often. You only change them on the Equinox. Right. So, okay, anyway. By the way, uh, yes. a little bit of response to our past podcast. I heard that your pillows should be washed like very routinely. Like, no, <laughs> like once a week is like a, lo like a good amount of time. 
Like the pillowcase or the, the full-on pillow, pillow? No, the pillowcase. Hmm. And that makes so sense. You, it's against your head. Are you saying that the pillowcase should be washed More independent of the sheet? the sheet, yes. Oh. I'm going to have to reevaluate my life here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Oh, it's good, Back to to know. good to know. Good to know. So the, uh, the big uh, the Dutch boy, the thing in space, begins to malfunction. It uh, freezes in Afghani town and kills some people and somehow stays frozen in the middle of the desert even after uh, the malfunction has stopped. When you saw the frozen town and they came up upon <laughs> it and they saw yes. the people frozen, uh-huh. I... I almost feel like I predicted this movie. I was approximately five minutes ahead of it every time. And when mm-hmm. they walked in that frozen town, I said, someone's going to touch one of these people and part yes. of their body's going to break off. Yeah, that always happens. And it did. And it did. The only thing it was missing was like the eye movements inside the frozen person's head, like <laughs> opening wide <laughs> in shock. Or uh, can. <laughs> I guess the person was already dead. Or, uh, or they knock someone over and they shatter on the ground was my other possibility. Right, right. Uh, but it was rated PG-13. I think that would have been too... Um, I don't know. The, the arm troubling. stump was a little much too. That was, that was. So uh, the, the machine malfunctions and the only person that uh, can fix it is Gerard Butler, who invented it as the <laughs> Han Solo character. Yep. And <laughs> so he rides up into space alone on a space shuttle, which I don't know, I thought that looked kind of funny like he's sitting alone in like uh, a wow airline style space shuttle right um it's pretty good just alone and part of the movie that is harped on it again and again which i didn't care about one bit was gerard butler and jim sturgis are brothers and right. apparently three years before all these malfunctions happen gerard butler is fired and Jim Sturgis, his little brother, takes control mm-hmm. of everything. So right. uh, for three years, they haven't talked. And he's been living out in an RV, Gerard has. Um, yeah. So on this one, Jim is still in control, but he has to like go ask his brother. And they are kind mm-hmm. of like not friends during this movie. Right. Spoiler alert, they like become friends at the end. But I, didn't, I so did not care about either of them. As no. brothers, like, oh, yeah. I was more about give me Geostorm. Right. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. And the all the them fighting, you know, Butler and Sturgis just fighting, like, it felt really forced and not believable. Right. Like, well, whoever wrote these quippy lines <laughs> to show that they didn't like each other, like, pretty bad. Yeah, the script was rough, you know, between the, the two. I felt like... Uh, Jim Sturgis has the secret, his secret agent, secret service uh, lady, Abby Cornish. Right. I don't know her name in the movie. I felt Which, like they had a, their romance wasn't, I didn't care about that at all, but at least they had like some like decent lines, I think, between them. Although I wrote here, <laughs> this might be a terrible thing to say, that Sarah which is her character name, okay. uh, Sturgis' love interest, I put that she seemed like a Nicole Kidman knockoff. <laughs> uh, which is a ter- terrible thing to say, but I just felt like sharing that. No, I think you're right. I think if this movie had been made when, where this movie fits into time, and I believe this movie right. should fit into time around 1998, around the Godzilla <laughs> time. Like, I felt like <laughs> yeah. I was watching a late 90s movie. Yeah. If, if this yeah, was that's true. floating around someone's brain in the late 90s, I bet Nicole Kidman was the actress that was floating around in that time. Or at least the actress that they wanted. 
and right. uh, you couldn't get. Um, so Gerard Butler goes up there, uh, come to find out it is not malfunctioning, but it is being um, tampered with. Sabotaged. Uh, sabotaged. And um, yeah, and so stuff ensues. Come to find out Ed Harris, who is, uh, <laughs> what? what is he to the president? He's like the secretary of uh, Geostorm. Um, you know how Jafar, what's, what is Jafar's relationship to the sultan? That's whatever Ed Harris is to Andy right. Garcia, the president. <laughs> whatever whatever Evil Viceroy is to that other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Viceroy. That's exactly right. Uh, which, also, I had a note here, just without comment. Andy Garcia as president. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I think implying that I didn't buy it. <laughs> oh, you didn't you didn't believe I in Andy Garcia. I don't think I don't think Andy Garcia to be honest, I don't think he showed up for this movie. Uh emotionally. No, he, phoned, he phoned it in. I think he phoned it in. I think he's like, All right, I'm president, okay. I see Andy Garcia as a casino owner, <laughs> a la Ocean's Eleven, and a mobster. I do not see him as president of the United States. Right. And he, it's, he didn't express much uh, character, emotion. Yeah. He was just kind of like, I think they cast him, because here's the thing. They cast Ed Harris. Ed Harris is the bad guy. Turns out yes. he's the bad guy of it all. No surprise, because when I saw Ed Harris, I thought, okay, you're the bad guy. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think what happened is, they really wanted Ed Harris. They knew he's always the bad guy. So they needed a bit of a, a red herring. And I mm. think they had to pick like, all right, we need the president to also have done some bad guy roles. Look like a mobster. A little like, because you have to be able to slightly uh, assume that he could be bad. And so let me let me just say this. I actually watched it twice because I had seen this movie a few months ago. But I, I rewatched it, so I would be well prepared uh-huh. for our show. And upon rewatching, the first time Andy Garcia is on screen in like that meeting or whatever, I was like, "Right, Andy Garcia is the bad guy." It's just for some reason, I, I like forgot how the movie went, and I thought he was the bad guy. So I oh, think they your, got you. your analysis uh, is accurate. <laughs> they got me on a second try. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, he, he's phoning it in. But yeah, Ed Harris is the bad guy now. As they are trying to figure out who's messing with Dutch boy. The, um, what's his face? Uh, Jim Sturgis's character. He has several interactions with a computer person, you know, cause a lot of these natural disaster end of the world movies mm-hmm. has like the hacker computer person. Are you talking so about the, the lady or the guy in Hong Kong? The lady. I'm sorry. That's okay. true. There is two. I was talking about the lady. He keeps going down, uh, you know, to her computer. The, the, the guy from Hong Kong gets hit by a bus. <laughs> We don't we don't hear a lot from him, <laughs> um, but so she, her her first interaction is like, uh, oh, you came down from uh, Mount Olymp- uh, Mount Olympus to a millennial village, which I don't know how I felt about that, but I was like, okay, is that that's the fine. Olympus has Olympus has fallen reference to another Gerard mm-hmm. Butler classic, <laughs> right? Which is just me like, okay, you're you're going to provide comic relief, you know that that's what that line told me that like you're setting her up to be a comic relief. Right. Uh, but she does have this one line. I don't know if you wrote it down or not. <laughs> but I did not. She's, talk- she's talking about something. And she says, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. I do and I don't. Like going on a roller coaster or eating Chipotle. <laughs> Which uh, I'll g- I gave that one to her. I said, okay, I'll give you that line. Well you done. Snuck, you snuck that in. <laughs> That's fine. 
You made him chuckle. <laughs> and then uh, then we find uh, Gerard Butler finds out that uh, the way to fix the Dutch boy is the same way to fix everything, just like they fix the computers in Jurassic Park and mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. You turn it off and you turn it back on again. Right. <laughs> and then he has this line, it's not just like a Chromebook. You don't just hit the power button. Brought to you by Chromebook. <laughs> so that's a strange uh, mention. Um, but yeah. But we get to the place. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah. The the technology in this movie, I, was, I found myself confused, but not because it was very deluxe what they were talking about. I just felt like things were explained in a way to make Gerard sound smart. Yes. Or to make any, or to make the hacker lady sound smart, but it all came off a little convoluted. Like the way you just yeah. described it, like yeah, we just need to turn it off and turn it on again. There was so much going on, and they were launch. They're constantly like launching new little satellites uh, to replace broken ones, but they wanted to bring the other ones into like the malfunctioning ones in. Yeah, and yeah. some had names like Rock and Rolla, and then some were. <laughs> It's like it yeah. wasn't it wasn't difficult to understand when I understood the technology, but the way they talked about it was like, are you trying to make this like nerdy enough that I have to really think about this? Right. Or make it somehow believable because you're saying words, you know. Yeah. So anyway, uh we get to the place where this thing is malfunctioning to the point that it's causing crazy storms all over the world. Which these somehow, are not geostorms, by the way. No, 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 no. I That's thought right. these were geostorms. Nope. <laughs> no, we actually never see a geostorm. It's, you know, but so these storms start popping up all over a little bit like day after tomorrow where you kind of see like hot spots around a, a global map, you know, and I guess if you leave these storms alone long enough, you get another movie, The Perfect Storm. Ah, AKA geostorm. <laughs> and now this, this is the part of every disaster movie that I crave. I am always looking forward to the point where I will see massive tornadoes mm-hmm. and tidal ridiculous waves. tidal waves, tsunamis, lightning storms, uh, some core style heat ray destroying yeah. the San Francisco uh, Golden Gate Bridge. And so we get that. We get a tidal wave in Dubai, you know, hitting mm-hmm. the uh, the Burj uh, Khalifa. Mm-hmm. And we get a lightning storm, and we get this, and uh, but we get ice so, in Rio de Janeiro. I, yeah, Moscow right. gets uh, hot. I oh, think I it gets hot, see. just like uh, some uh, something else gets hot too. Oh, and there's tornadoes in India, um, or something like that. Them. Right. Torrent, but you know, I, I didn't see any torrential rain, uh, which I thought I would have seen, <laughs> or like a big hurricane from space it would have been nice. But all of these scenes that I look forward to in end of the world movies uh, left me wanting. I, I didn't, it, it didn't do much for me. They didn't have any of that. I mean, the flash frozen people on the beach in Rio de Janeiro, I thought was fun. So I, I, that was you know, interesting. But, but they already showed, I guess the popsicles earlier in Afghanistan. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I felt like, okay, we've seen this one before. Yeah, you're right. The, there wasn't and they actually, quite. They did actually pull that directly from Day After Tomorrow because there is a scene where there's like a super cold, like storm that's coming, right. and you can see it freezing stuff as it approaches the main characters, and they like jump into an igloo or something at the last second. 
Yeah, so it's literally a tra- straight route. I think, yeah. Yeah, that's right. They jump down the hatch, and the, do- the hatch freezes over, and they're safe or whatever. But the, also, that like running scene, a couple things. A 747 apparently freezes in midair mm-hmm. and like falls to the ground, yep. which... I don't know. I would have thought a plane would be flying above this weather. But anyway, I felt like that whole scene uh, with the freezing was to watch that one uh, girl in a bathing suit run down a road for like 20 right, minutes. Right, right. I guess what I'm referring to is the beginning of that scene. You're right. After that scene, yeah. I was like, hold on a second. So we're just doing a uh, bikini watch here as, yes, somehow one lady right. outruns <laughs> everyone else. Yet, right, right. There's no one around her at the end. Like, she makes it inside the city. Did she did she just outrun everybody? Right, like not a single other survivor can run faster than this uh, lady, right. apparently. Right. Well she apparently also outrun a, a crashing plane. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and I was like, meh. Like all, all those scenes just just meh. And uh they reboot the system and uh, everything's fine. So. Well here, <laughs> here's something about the storm scenes that I really like doing. Uh, especially in natural disaster movies, is that I like to pick who I think unequivocally will survive. Like there, yes. are, when you see a scene, uh, we talked about this in Godzilla about the fishermen running down the dock. But like, right, 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 right. there are certain people that you think like you. I know you won't die. Right. I wrote I wrote a list of people who I was sure wouldn't die. Okay. Um. The. The, the guy who ended up dying later by car, the friend in Hong Kong who was driving oh, yeah. during the fiery thing. Not only yeah. him, the smart car I knew would survive. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't put a guy in a smart car in kind of a, a morality tale about being good to the environment if you're going to destroy the smart car. <laughs> Literally, he's the smart car is driving. There is like a Jeep behind him. Almost right? like the juxtaposition of here's the past and the Jeep gets smashed. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a vi- like a Dodge Viper. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the yeah. and so I was like, well, as soon as he got in the smart car, I go, oh, okay, you're gonna live because that smart car is gonna live. Right. Other pe- person I knew was gonna live. The dog in India who the little boy wanted to find. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you ain't killing off a dog movie. <laughs> that was like an Independence Day uh, situation, where the right. dog like runs into the uh, the subway or a cl- same yeah, thing with thing. the little boy, as well. Right? Yeah, I knew it would course. be fine. Um, uh, yeah, and then the other one was Andy Garcia. <laughs> I knew Andy yeah. Garcia would survive everything because he's the you hero were, we deserve. <laughs> you weren't sure that a Gerard Butler would survive. Uh, no, I actually wasn't. You thought he might do a Bruce Willis? I actually had a moment of, right. I thought, okay, you might actually die up there. As soon as the German lady came up, stayed around with him, I go, oh, okay, you guys are living through this. A lot of gravity uh, movie knockoffs in this movie as well. Yes, yeah, him flying through... Out, outer space, you know, along the thing, and right. I feel like and he grabs onto that like pole at the literally the very last thing he could grab. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like a spacesuit glove would not allow for that kind of dexterity <laughs> to, to grab onto something as you're flying through space. Right. Uh, but anyway, um, this movie is called Geostorm. <laughs> uh huh. 
I need to just touch on it real quick. People say Geostorm as if we should all know what this means. <laughs> when they spent a lot of time going through like different possibilities, different combinations of like, okay, if a storm starts in Rio de Janeiro and then there's one in Hong Kong and then there's one in Orlando, um, <laughs> like that, that will head towards Geostorm. Right. And then on their little computers, it says like one hour, 30 minutes till Geostorm. And like Geostorm is coming. But the problem is, they haven't set up what Geostorm is, so that's supposed to be like a really scary like right. possibility. But I have no right. idea what they just show me a maps of ever widening red squares or red circles on the earth. Yeah. But I don't yeah. I'm not end up going like, oh no, I fear Geostorm. Instead I was like, could I see a little bit of Geostorm? This is the movie. <laughs> right. Which they said the problem was once that happened, it would be unstoppable or something. Okay. I don't know. Okay, I have I have a, a plot point to talk about real quick in this movie as well. Geostorm, okay. the purpose of this, of Ed Harris, was to A, kill off all of the people that would be in front of him at the Democratic <laughs> National Convention. That's, That's a lot of people. One. Yeah. B, is to destroy the enemies. And like the inside man up in the... The, the British guy, who right. apparently British guys are bad, but Gerard Butler was good. He's got that cowboy <laughs> look in his eye, as the guy <laughs> says. That they said, we're only killing off the bad parts of mm-hmm. the world. Like, basically, like, our enemies, people we don't want around, those are all going away. And Orlando. And, or- and Orlando. But the question is, once Geostorm happens... It doesn't seem the maps make it seem like the whole world's about to be plunged into a superstorm like we've never seen before, and they're talking about it like they're just oh we're just doing a couple of nuclear strikes at our our enemies. Yeah, tell, tell me about that. It's a plot hole. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to, what to say. I mean, it's it's kind of a weird premise. So, and it wouldn't it seemed like it wouldn't work. Like he didn't think it out, but. <laughs> Right, because then afterwards, do they just like we'll take control of the Dutch boy again, and then we'll all be safe again? I guess. Uh, listen, in this movie, Ed Harris doesn't seem like the sharpest tool in the shed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I don't. Um, yeah. I don't okay. Know. Okay. Well, all right. That's all I had about Geostorm. I'm ready to rate it. All right. Well, let's rate Geostorm <laughs> from zero to five. Frozen hands. <laughs> like that guy in the Afghan village who got frozen to death. So, uh, Nate, why don't you go first? I give the movie Geostorm. <laughs> I already have a number in my head, so so you, uh, you go you go right ahead. I'm gonna say one and a half, mm-hmm. one and a half hands, uh, yes. frozen hands. Uh, probably like. I'd remove the middle and ring fingers with sort of like a I love you sign with the, the second hand. That's the half I'm taking away. Isn't that the devil horns? Are you ready to rock? Uh, oh, is it? Uh, it's a, thumb, I think it's one and the same. The thumb out too? If the thumb's oh, out no, to no, the no. Side, you're, you're right. You're right. My, my, my I didn't apologies. take away the thumb. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I don't want Texas hook em horns either. Um, 
so yeah, okay. yeah one and a half i couldn't this movie didn't hold my attention well except for the parts that no. were ludicrous but i did get on my phone a little bit mm-hmm. um i did actually have to go back rewind a little bit because i thought oh maybe i missed something important because right. i was i lost interest for a second um i find gerard butler i think i think everyone phoned it in on this movie yeah. like it's it'd be one thing if this was just kind of a ludicrous movie that everyone like overacted you know who didn't overact or who didn't phone it in was that little girl she overacted the best she could <laughs> she overacted but yeah, yeah jim sure. sturgis trying to do an american accent gerard butler trying oh. to do an american accent uh yeah. young no, nicole no. kidman <laughs> ed harris phoned yeah. it in andy garcia phoned it in so everybody yeah, yeah i wouldn't watch it again it it wasn't terrible terrible um but yeah it had nothing to hold me yeah well i think for the first time i think i'm gonna rate this lower than you did because from zero to five i'm gonna give this movie a one i would not recommend anyone see this movie and because this is a genre so near and dear to my heart i feel like it has done a disservice to all terrible end of the world movies everywhere (laughs) i expected more from gerard butler i expected Mm. more from the geostorm from the tidal waves and the tornadoes i just meh it's it's my general feeling andy garcia no he's he's not a president sorry (laughs) so i give this a one (laughs) oh man i'm looking at there one out of five frozen hands all right, so I want to get to our top five because I am very excited, very excited here. I don't know if you've had time to do it while I've <laughs> been talking here. I but. yeah, I did it a little bit earlier. I'm, I feel like you're going to really have to carry this because I. Well, that's I a crime. I've seen a cr- lot of these movies. Ah, Nate, it's so disappointing. I know this is just not. It's not my jam. That's fine. That's fine. I understand. No judge. No judgment. Well, this is my jam. And so I have three honorable mentions that I would like to uh, to go with here. Perfect. <laughs> so, three honorable mentions. Of course, I can't go by this top five and not mention the core. <laughs> so that is my honorable mentions. We already have yes. a whole episode dedicated to it. Um, 2012, mm-hmm. the end of the world movie. Uh which I don't know if it's a natural disaster movie or a Mayan calendar movie. I'm not exactly sure, but whatever it is, I enjoyed it, so that's my honorable mention. And lastly, The Perfect Storm, starring George Clooney. Um, It is not a fantastical uh, end-of-the-world movie because it's actually about a storm that literally happened. Uh, But it is a great movie and uh, some great acting. I remember when I first got a dvd player for christmas this was one of the movies of the four that uh, my parents got me on dvd to play on said dvd player nice so um i would actually like to mention all four for uh, historical purposes mm-hmm. got a dvd player I, it was sometime in high school i'm pretty sure but i got a dvd player and i got the movies the perfect storm gladiator the mm. patriot Mm. And Mission Impossible 2, all on DVD that year. The one with, with the, the doves. <laughs> the one with the doves. And uh, what's his face getting his pinky cut off. So, anyway, those are my honorable mentions. How about you? 
I I have one honorable mention because I didn't know if it was natural disaster at all, but okay. I put I am legend in a honorable mention standpoint. <sighs> You may may just have to sit this one out. That is not a natural disaster. Well, it was kind of uh, the world's virus happening. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. That's why I put an honorable mention because I didn't think it really belonged. Okay. okay, Fair enough. Fair enough. I like Will Smith a lot, so we'll Uh, leave it in. My honorable mention, I will put uh, The Happening. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that one. Again, not quite fitting in, but it is like the wind and the grass that ends up yeah, being... Like the trees, what? right? Yeah, something like that. The trees. Yeah, yeah. The, trees the trees did it. Yeah. Okay. I'm down okay. with that. Anyway, why right. don't you go ahead with the top five? Well, my number five is the Tommy Lee Jones movie, Volcano. Um, I forget what year it is. Pretty old. 1997. But, uh, 1997, Volcano appears in uh, whatever California city that is. Um, San Diego? Something like that. Anyway, Volcano Uh, pops up in the middle of the city. Los Angeles, very sorry. Uh, Pops up in the middle of the city, and uh, they have to deal with it. And uh, it's a fun movie. I remember seeing it several times. Whenever it was on TV, I would uh, tune in, so I enjoyed it. I'm number five, Volcano, to you. Um, (laughs) I'm going to be so bad at this. I'm so disappointed. Number, just, number just, five, just, yeah. Number five for me, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. All right, we're not even even. <laughs> all right, my number four, my number four, is the Dennis Quaid movie, The Day After Tomorrow, where the world enters a new ice age, and uh, lots of fun end of the world scenes. There's some wolves on a ship that they have to escape, and there's the whole freezing thing. Uh, I enjoyed it. So, Day After Tomorrow. You're number four. Make it good. Number four for me, um, Dante's Peak. Okay, yes, very good. Pierce very good. Brosnan um, is like a volcanologist, something like that. Oh. I can actually believe Pierce Brosnan is a scientist. Yeah. Take, take that, <laughs> Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, this has a, a couple of those troubling scenes at the beginning where I think uh, – two people get like fried in like a um, the hot springs a hot yes. springs and yep. a lot of these movies and this is probably why I don't watch a lot of them is there's usually like one or two scenes to establish danger that always mm-hmm. slightly disturb me um, yeah like yeah. it's Someone's always gotta it has die. to start somewhere right and it usually starts with like a, a lover sneaking away it's like a horror movie <laughs> it's true so that's that yeah, I think true. that's how Dante's Peak works but uh yeah. I have, I've only seen it once, but I liked it way back in the day. Okay. Number four. All right. Well, my number three is the, I would say, well-known movie Twister starring Helen Hunt. I, I think it can be considered a classic among movies in general, but uh, I really enjoyed it. And that final scene where that F5 tornado passes right over them and we actually see inside the tornado is pretty epic. Mm-hmm. And uh, that little metal pipe, Certainly would not have held them to the ground, but I believe it for the sake of this movie. Yep. So, number three is Twister. All right. Number three for me is Armageddon. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I probably, I saw this movie once all the way through, but I was so young, and I think it was mm-hmm. like while something else was happening. Um. So I, I feel like I could have. 
this is a Michael Bay movie. Hmm. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Early Michael Bay, uh, 1998. Yeah. So Bruce Willis is great in it. I, I kind of yeah. want to watch it again to kind of reabsorb the plot. I feel like yep. I'd understand it better now. Um, but, yeah. Well, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to break the rule here. I'm going to give you my number two and number one because you've already mentioned them. Okay. And so my two is Dante's Peak. And I watched that movie many times when I was a kid. I loved Pierce Brosnan in that movie. And uh, I wish he would have done more disaster movies. I felt like he would have made them more real and believable. And, uh, yeah. So that. And then my number one is the one you just mentioned. I feel like Armageddon paved the way for many future terrible end-of-the-world movies. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy them all. And uh, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, uh, I think you should rewatch it. It's actually a very good movie. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. So Armageddon was actually my number one. So give me your top two. Fantastic. My number two, uh, both of mine have been mentioned by you, but my number two is Twister. But mine is yeah. Twister starring Bill Paxton. <laughs> Yours was starring Helen Hunt. So. I, couldn't, I couldn't remember that, I'll be honest. <laughs> I remembered Helen Hunt because I um, watched Mad About You every week <laughs> uh, when I was a kid. Um, I I really like Twister. Um, isn't um, what's the other guy that uh, tornado chaser guy who was in it who had died recently? We never remember his name. Oh, you bad guy from Mission Impossible Three. Why wow, can we never remember his name? Carrie Eloise? No, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour. Oh Hoffman. my goodness, I forgot he was in this movie. Yeah, he's great in it. Um, yeah. Also, uh, side note. Twister the ride at the old ride at Universal was also great. Yeah, I never did that. Oh, you could you could stand there and watch like a cow blow by and watch like <laughs> a bunch of like you know, not, you know, blah blah blah. Anyway, done okay. with Twister. Number 1 for me, Day After Tomorrow. Yeah. This movie, again, I think we found my rose-colored glasses 2004 to 2007. <laughs> Yes, yes. I think both Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal are great in yeah. this movie. This is a Roland mm-hmm. Emmerich film. He's so he redeemed himself from Godzilla. Right. Um and I don't I don't know. I really like this movie. I, every time I watch them running away from the ice and Dennis Quaid um I I get nervous that he's going to die. And I actually yeah. have moments of feeling like this is, this is, they're in trouble. I don't know how they're going to yeah. get out of it. And that makes for me a good natural disaster. Every time I watch it, I worry they're not going to make it. That is very true. And so I'm looking at some of these screenshots on IMDb right now. And like there's a scene with tornadoes where you see like three tornadoes and it's a wide shot of a city. And that looks cool. And the mm-hmm. tidal wave looks cool. Mm-hmm. And I know they were stuck in like the New York Public Library for a while. Like these right. scenes, like that's what I want to see in a disaster movie. Right. Well, and uh, yeah, Geostorm didn't give it to me. Well, back into back to Geostorm for a second. Geostorm, the the cover of it, at least here on IMDb, is what I believe to be Gerard Butler holding a little holding his daughter on a street while a tidal wave comes down the uh, the street. And huh. that never happens in the movie, <laughs> but it's also disappointing that the 
disasters happen to a bunch of extras that I don't really care about, minus the dog uh, from <laughs> India. Um, but he's safely up in the station. And there's right. just something that's not, it's not as impactful as Day After Tomorrow because I don't have any um, main characters that are stuck in the middle of a storm or running True. away from an icy... Yeah. Area. The closest we get is that guy in the Burj Khalifa like watching the tidal wave come. Right. So and so the movie poster that I saw like when I rented it or whatever is the Burj with the tidal wave coming over it. Which the tidal uh-huh. wave is not that high uh in the movie. I don't think it, it doesn't reach the top of it. But I see the poster you're talking about and yeah, that's super weird because that's not even close to happening in the movie. <laughs> Like he's he's not even on Earth right. when all that stuff is going on. Well, Jerry Bruckheimer was brought in last minute to do a bunch of reshoots and a bunch mm. of like re-edits. Mm. So maybe there was a little bit more of something going on. Well, oh, so I want to say before we uh, we wrap up here, I forgot to mention San Andreas in my honorable mentions. No, you didn't. But <laughs> I actually feel like I am optimistic for the future of natural disaster movies starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I feel like San Andreas was uh, fine. And uh, I don't know about that new skyscraper movie that's coming out. Uh, I keep seeing clips of it mm-hmm. and I don't know how that's going to be. But I think uh, I think he has a, a bright future in uh, some end of the world movies coming up. Uh, mm. So I'm just Love making it. that uh, prediction now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He may, uh, he may save us. Um, real quick question. <laughs> Is yeah. is the Titanic a natural disaster movie? Because I debated putting that on my list. So I this is I'm totally shooting off the cuff here, but I feel like a natural disaster movie has to involve some kind of abnormal, greater than like naturally occurring weather pattern. Well, it's Twister, like an iceberg. Twister is just like a regular old. Really well, big, F- really big volcano, or not volcano, <laughs> tornado. Tornado, <laughs> yeah, wrong movie. I feel like, but that's like an F5, okay. like the biggest tornado anyone's ever seen. So at least taking a thing we experience in weather to the max, I feel like that would, you know, apply. I feel like I feel like Titanic, like, that iceberg was just chilling, no pun intended, or <laughs> maybe pun intended. <laughs> Just everyone, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Nate Baranowski <laughs> and at Stephen nope, I'm, Robles. I'm Please cutting that all listen, out. subscribe. Cutting it out. Thanks for listening. All right. <laughs> all right. Have some mayonnaise. <laughs>